So, Luke, we were uh, brought back to normality this week with just the one guest after last week's crazy 100 episode. We hit 101 with James Mayo, founder of SOS Rehydrates. Um, really enjoyed this podcast. Um, so we a little bit different, trying to bring a bit of science and nutrition to the podcast. Uh, but I mean, first time we'd actually spoke to James, really nice guy, super knowledgeable, loved the science behind the, uh, behind the product, as well as a really good runner himself um, with an army background. So I really enjoyed it. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, James obviously brought the the science around hydration and why it's necessary. Um, and that's why I think it's really good when we do have guests on like this that completely can bring also the science and kind of the physical aspect to it as well. James is obviously a high level runner in his day from an army background um, and had the idea to start this company, hydration company, and then uh, can kind of give you the science to why hydration is a necessity in training, racing, and probably just everyday life. So yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. And as we get into in the podcast, when we press play, I mean, I personally think like there's so much out there now with nutrition and food and you should take this and you should take these pills and you should take these tablets. Like we say in the podcast, it's a bloody minefield to know what you're actually buying into sometimes. But like James says clearly, at the end of the day, whether you're a top, top athlete, uh, a fun runner, or just a, someone going about their general day-to-day business, you know, hydration, especially as the weather is like now at the minute in England, is key, you know, and we all neglect those things. And I sure as hell realized when I was listening through the podcast, I had a sudden light bulb moment that I probably don't do enough hydration myself with just going with good old water, which I enjoy admittedly, and a lot of people don't enjoy, but um, I'm certainly going to be clicking and making sure that I drink more uh, of the SOS product now to keep hydrated during my training. And obviously, he's given me this little challenge to uh, take the hydrate for weeks so if it makes a difference. And I'm going to do it actually because I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I like the science of it. So um, I'm going to give it a go. Uh, take a leaf out of your book. Leaf out of your book. A page out of your book. And uh, a leaf if you like. Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. So I hope you guys do too. And James has also very kindly given us um, a bit of percentage off the product. So if you head over to Rehydrate, it's sosrehydrate.co.uk and then use the code OCRLUKE and that will get you... OCRLUKE SOS. Code is OCRLUKE SOS. That will get you 20% off, I believe. Good. Nice, nice, nice. And I noticed at the minute, I think on the website, they're giving a percentage to charity as well, which is always a good cause. So... Here we go. Let's press play and see you on the other side. Hey guys, so you're joining us for another episode. We're joined today by James Mayo, who is the founder of SOS Hydration. James, how are you? Gentlemen, good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for giving me an opportunity to have a natter with you both. And um, I'm excited to be invited to the world of OCR. Welcome, welcome. We're excited to have you on the podcast today to find out a little bit more about yourself and obviously the SOS brand. So James, do you want to give us a brief little uh, intro about yourself? Where, uh, where does your sporting background or history come from? So what's my name? Where do I come from? How does it go? So easy. Um, My background is I used to be a runner. Uh, I ran professionally in UK, uh, I was British mile champion or national mile champion um, back in the ages. I never broke four minutes, but I'm a 148, 800 runner and a 47, 400 runner and four minutes flat for the mile. So I needed a bigger chest. So that's why I'm talking to you guys to work <laughs> out. Um, four minutes and, is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Um, but there's always that woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, my brother ran 356. So he's one of the <sighs> other founders of SOS. So that's like it's annoying when the one person is better than you is your bloody brother. <laughs> oh, anyone, just it. be your bloody brother. Story it was a down. It was a downhill course. That's all I say. Oh, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. he had the wind. Yeah. Um, Does that come and... up at every Christmas, James? Is that a Christmas like thing? Like you was never as good as your brother. Yeah, frequently. But then it's sort of on the flip side, you know, it's sort of like, well, he is the younger one, and you have to give him some credit. Um, so I'll let him off. Um, and then I, I spent six glorious years in the army. I was an infantry officer with the Cheshire Regiment, which is now the Mercian Regiment or something. 
Um, so got definitely got a taste of the whole assault courses, obstacle racing, and I did for my one claim to fame in the army, apart from holding the fitness test record, was um, and the mile two mile test was the holding the indoor assault course and the outdoor assault course record at Sandhurst, and I think I held it till a couple of years ago. But um, I'm a skinny, I'm a skinny wretch, and then um, worked all over the world. I was very fortunate with doing other things, a um, bit of ESPN commentating, uh, and then. When we lived in San Francisco, my wife, who's a physician, she's now a doctor at the Mayo Clinic, so a doctor Mayo at the Mayo, which is, can't forget that one. Um, <laughs> her, my brother and myself, we came up with the idea for SOS. So, of course, when you're seven wines in at a great San Franciscan winery or Sonoma winery, it was sort of like, right, we suffered with dehydration. My brother didn't go to one of the world championships because um, he collapsed with dehydration. Uh the, from a military perspective, the number one non-combat casualty is heat casualty and dehydration. Um, and my wife treated patients with dehydration. So between us, it was like a conglomerate. And by the time we'd left three bottles in or four bottles in or whatever it was, and we wished we'd had an SOS for the hangover. Yeah, it's dehydrated, I was going to say. <laughs> um, SOS was born and the name came from the old army side. The packaging, which when people see it, it's silver, um, was based off sort of champagne perfume luxury goods but we realized hydration is for everything and um that's how we began nice that's that's really good to hear i think um from doing like obstacle course racing and spartan races i think hydration is one of those things people don't think about as much as they should um they get out for like a beast course race which is like half marathon distance they're like yeah i'm good i've got this that i've got the gel but have you thought about your hydration needs? No, didn't 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 really think about that. Why did you feel ten miles in that you're uh, starting to <laughs> muscles are starting to cramp up? You're starting to close up um, because they don't really think about it. So it's definitely something that is within the sporting realm. Still, people aren't really keyed in to what is necessary for their hydration, especially for these longer races that um, you find in OCR. I generally think that's because there's such conflicting like out there, isn't there? Like one minute it's you shouldn't drink for an hour or you should drink or the temperature's this, is that. If it's cold, you don't need to drink. And I think that's the issue. I think it's, it's a bit like nutrition in general. There's so much out there that's so conflicting. You're not really 100% sure um, what's best for anything really i mean i know what's good for me because i know what i can train with and what handle but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the same for luke or you james but i think um i think hydration is one of those that we all know we need but we're never really sure when and why i mean how, for you james when when you were creating the brand where did you even start with that like what was your general first base like what did it need to meet for you to be a good product first base i like that yeah. um it was I wanted something that could help me out, really. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they come up with an idea, be it hydration or anything, they do it to satisfy a need. And I think to your both your points, people think hydration is water or it's a gel, as in an energy gel, or it's a beer at the end of the race. Now, I'm all up for the beer at the end of the race, um, you know, or a bit of carb loading prior. But at the end of the day, there's this whole mark. There's so much marketing, like you mentioned, Joe, in terms of everybody's out there telling you what's amazing. Um, and you've got the raids that sort of say that they're hydration and not, and um, you, it's just overlooked. So when we came up with it, it was, well, a silly fact. If you're thirsty, you're already 2% dehydrated. If you are, dehydrated that can be a 25% loss in your performance so it's not just for say the beast obstacle courses it's even for the sprint ones because as I you know a 5k race you know you still want to go and do it and if you can knock 25% of your time overall off obviously you guys are pros so you're not going to get that benefit per se because you've got your most of it dialed in but for the normal person that's never done one or their second time if you can knock 25% off your time that's a huge benefit. Um, and the other piece that people think about is energy gives you this sugar rush and these gels are great and you get this buzz, but you end up taking so many gels, you know, what do they say? And it's a, there's no scientific fact that you need to take a gel every 20 minutes. It's a marketing ploy by one of the big brands over here that sits called on. 
you need you needed carbs over an hour of exercise. It's a definite truth. But then from a hydration perspective, people think, well, I've got my gels, it's got some electrolytes in it, and I take in more water and I'm good. And what you what they fail to remember is electrolytes you lose between 520 and 7 sort of 30 milligrams of sodium per hour of exercise which is a heap um and most if you even look at your electrolyte tablets they've probably got one or 200 mils in um you look at your sports drinks or your gels they've got less than 80 milligrams of sodium so you're already going into that depleted so we basically thought well if you're hydrated, you can start something on a positive, and then as you're going through it, you can just top yourself up. And the gels, the gels, the sticks we designed, they're small. They can carry like a gel. You rip the top off, you pour it into your mouth, and you chase it with the water. Um, obviously, if you've got a bottle, that's all the better, but you know, you don't necessarily want to be carrying a bottle through everything, so you can just carry it like a gel. Yeah, I think that practicality of taking it is a great, I think that's where a lot of drink products effectively are, are struggling because no one really has created a perfect race scenario, especially in obstacle course racing, because unless you're actually carrying a, a full loaded vest, it's very difficult to carry, you know, a thousand litre, even a 500 mil bottle, thousand litre, listen to me, uh, one litre or a 500 mil bottle, you know, so having that stick, that's, that's actually a really great shout, I think. Um, yeah. And a lot of it comes down to education. Um, also, you know, you guys are dialed in and know what you sort of need from any nutrition, not just hydration. But most people that take part in an activity, and this isn't being unfair, and it's myself included, when I first say start a triathlon, the first thing you worry about is kit. Have I got the right shoes or bike or whatever? And then once you've got that sorted, oh, I need to do some workouts. Um, and then it's sort of, oh, well, I'm done now. Well, let's get to the start line. Yeah, yeah. You see that from a lot of people. They uh, they get to do a little bit of training, then they're ready. Um, for the for the people that I train, always kind of a suggestion is to train your nutrition as well. When you are going out for certain types of runs, you need to test that nutrition. Um, you need to take your hydration needs with you to simulate a race that you've got coming up. Um, so that you know on race day that. You need X amount of nutrition, that you need the hydration, um, that you can carry it as well, um, and that you can do certain movements and exercises that you will do in the race. Because, um, say, take Spartan Race when you're doing the barbed wire crawl. We've had some absolute nasty barbed wire crawls in the UK where you're going under barbed wire that is extremely low and you're going through bush and leaves sometime stuff that I don't want to mention. You're just crawling through everything. <laughs> You're not selling it. <laughs> it sounds that. great. <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, to Jack's point, obviously the sticks are very small. They can be put in um, kind of a waistband pack, which is generally what I go with, or a chest, um, chest vest or pack. Um, nice and easy. So you need to simulate kind of those movements because if you've got a big, massive kind of bottle that's going to get ripped open or burst and then you're going to lose your hydration so yeah. i've got a box of the sticks and they're very useful for just throwing in uh, the corner and they're very uh, easy to take as well sometimes without water do you actually yeah. luke i just reminded me of a funny story two funny stories one i can picture james turning up to his triathlon with his with his wife's bike and a wrong bike with a basket on because i thought that'd be quite funny and Annabelle. Secondly, Annabelle, yeah, yeah. So you can imagine like, oh shit, I forgot the wrong bike. Um, <laughs> you laugh, I bet it's happened. Um, twice. <laughs> yeah, twice, yeah. But also, um, we did a quite a serious race um, with actually John Alban, you might have heard of, I'm not sure if you know about John Alban, but we did a team race in Italy um, last year. And there's a really funny moment where he was sort of doing a take the piss moment and he jumped himself against this eight foot wall and to give me and Luke a lift over the walls, a laugh. And my, what he didn't realize, he had all his gels in his back pocket and he splat all his gels. Oh, it was quite funny. And it, it, then he's nice. like, hour he was going, oh, I've got gels all in my top. You know, it's like, it's the only top I've got. But yeah, so it's good. Well, it's, it's good for the stickiness to walk. He could walk up walls vertically with yeah, the stickiness and the gel now. Pretty good disqualified oh. for that. <laughs> he just ran over the wall, so <laughs> yeah he did yeah yeah no he, i've heard he's a bit of a legend he's a beast so, yeah to say the least what got you guys into it and you know for a beginner like me what are your tips 
Ooh, uh, Jack, I'll let you... Uh... Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. um, the world. Well, we already alluded to it. I used to do triathlon and um, I once I did Ironman and I'm all about challenges. So for me, I like a challenge. Um, I like being a bit weird. Like I like people thinking I'm strange because I do strange things, i.e. 100 mile bike rides at the weekend and these silly things where we jump over fire and go through barbed wire. Um, so to keep more of that up, when I did the Ironman, I was a bit like, oh, I can't really go back to a sprint now. That's a little bit boring after, um, after doing an Ironman. So someone just happened to say, why don't you come do a Tough Mudder? And we did it as a group, actually, with a triathlon friend. And I really enjoyed it, like superly enjoyed it. And that was it. And then someone said, well, if you want more of a competitive edge, you know, head over to Spartan. So that's where it all started for me, literally from triathlon background into, into Spartan racing and never looked back since it's like that was three years ago now and i've been doing the circuit for three years and wow. every year it gets better and what it's what i find actually great and luke probably could say the same thing is i think we've come in not super early so the sport in general was growing in the in america in sort of like 2000 uh 10 11 12 here it took a little bit longer to take off so 2012 onwards we sort of hit the sport in 2016 so it was developed but not fully and i feel mm-hmm. like now uh as we're doing the races we're sort of developing with the sport and it's growing and getting better and now it's getting the recognition that it actually deserves the sport because as you will find out when you do your first one it yeah. is a, it's super amazing and what i love about it is it's just so different but I think that's why the sport itself is struggling to really uh, get that high level profile. Like, for instance, triathlon has grown massively in two years, isn't it? Like yeah. uh, cycling has grown massively since the Olympics. Um, I think OCR has had that spurt, but we're not quite sure where we're going. You know, are we going burpees? Are we going electric fencing? Are we going? But, you know, I think and now we're going through this whole standardization thing. Um, it'll be really interesting to see where OCR goes in the next three or four years, because if it goes the way I feel it will go, which will be very short, quick, back to a bit like how you had it in your armor days. Yeah, yep. exactly. So it will be <clears throat> fast and exciting to watch. Um, not saying that all OCR would be like that, but definitely the, the, the sort of stuff you might see on TV, the sort of stuff you're definitely going to see at maybe Olympic style uh, trials, uh, trials and Olympic events, hopefully. Um, but for that to happen, obviously the sport needs to change massively in the sense of standardization and things like penalty loops and barbed wire and all those type things might have to come out of it. Um, so then you lose OCR for what OCR is. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a funny one for me because I actually, I'm one of the weird ones that seriously wants the sport to progress, but I also really believe we can't lose what OCR is. And for me, it is that bit crazy a little bit you don't know what you're getting like if i wanted to go run a 5k i'll go run a 5k you know i like the idea that i'm running a 5k but oh my god it's going to be a bit of a journey on the route you know and that's what i get from spartan racing and ocr in general um just that thrill and buzz and when you finish like the camaraderie i feel that we've definitely got i mean luke we we race quite quite a lot together and when you finish it's just a really good buzz to enjoy and experience that and to be fair i mean Iron Man. When I finished the Iron Man, that was like when I finished. There was no one else there I knew, but it was just like, oh my god, this is the best feeling in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you got the tattoo? Annoyingly, yes, it's here. Oh, you did, didn't you? <laughs> but uh, but I've, oh, I've oh, don't do that to me. Oh. But but in my defence, right? I I've edited it so it's not okay. quite it's not quite in your face. It isn't bright red. It isn't massive. It is tiny, and it is only a silhouette outline of the man. So it's not okay. ridiculously in your face. And it is on the back of my calf. So when I wear my socks, you cannot see it. But You wear very big socks then. <laughs> I, I do wear very big socks. Just but proud. Um, I'm proud. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the crew socks. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I have got the tattoo and I'm, I am proud of Iron Man. It's just ironic that I've got my Iron Man top on as well, effectively. It's, I didn't do it on purpose. But, um, but yeah, no, OCR for me is, that's what it's all about. And I think until you've done one, you'll understand what I mean. When you do it and you finish, you'll go, there'll be a part of you that hates every minute of it, but also at the same time, there'll be a part of you that will just can't wait to sign up to that next one. Um, I'm sure Luke will probably echo the same sort of. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's kind of one of those addictive uh, pursuits. Definitely after you do your first one, you think, 
oh, some of these obstacles are a little bit dicey. I remember doing my first course and I was like, oh my God, there's like all these crazy barbed wire crawl and then there's a massive cargo net thing. I was just like, oh, this isn't really like what I've done before. Generally, I was hitting the board and uh, kickboxing, but mainly from a team sports background of like football um, and hadn't really done much of that sort and then did my first Spartan race and basically hooked from there. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of coming up against different challenges that you're not really getting exposed to in everyday life. I think obviously for yourself, you were in the army, you got exposed to an obstacle course and completely different things than general people would do um so yeah no it's definitely an addictive kind of pursuit i think um endurance sports have that kind of feel especially i guess after jack did his first triathlon then he wanted to do another one and another one um seems seems endurance um, kind of sports have that lure but um well doesn't didn't joe de senna i was chatting to him the other week and he was saying that you know he started by doing his was it iron man and things like that and then got into Name OCR drop there. I like racing. that, James. I like the name drop. Well done. Thanks. Thanks. Get some points for that yeah. one. Just, just two points. <laughs> Don't forget, though, Joe is crazy. Yeah, because he is. <laughs> he is literally the most, like, he has got the greatest kind of, um, it can be done, we can do it. He is literally the driving force behind um, probably Spartan, OCR. Uh, but, yeah, he does burpees carries weights just around on planes with him well doesn't he carry his um was it yeah it's stone from greece yeah bell that he carries around with him we interviewed him in uh, twickenham for the stadion event and he's just got it on the table like laying there i was like it ain't light it ain't light that's for sure (laughs) 40 pounds or something yeah yeah. he's just carrying it with him everywhere like as a handbag crazy is there as you do He's a character, bless him. So with SOS then, James, so you guys are um, obviously teamed up with uh, Spartan Race UK. You're the partner behind the virtual events that we've just had. Um, How did you come into the world of OCR, the world of Spartan then? Um, We wanted to do something different and the, that was sort of a bit more all encompassing and, you know, obviously coming from the running background, Track is you is a wonderful sport, but is useless for mass participation. So that's crossed off the list straight away. Um, triathlon is fascinating and really, really good. But we noticed that there was there's a bit of a decline, certainly in the states, of the quality of the Ironman events and things like that. Um, and we weren't we we still do a lot of triathlons, but over in over in UK, we wanted something. And the mass participation runs like you know. Great North Run or um, London Marathon and things like that, they're too expensive to do. So we turn up to the expos, uh, but to actually sponsor them, we wanted something that was a little bit more in the, the ground, a little bit more people. And what I like about the Spartan athlete is even if they're beginners, they're a little bit more nuts in a really good way, but that you have to be into it. You can't just go and crawl under barbed wire because, oh, it's Friday and I'm going to go and do that. Well, you might do, but you know what I mean? You can't, you have to think about it slightly. Um, and we wanted, going back to your point about that you guys in 2016 sort of got in at the beginning, we didn't get in at the beginning, but it's still a growing sport. And we couldn't, we couldn't get the US side of life, um, but the UK is home. It's got a good sort of crossover with my military background, with running. There's a good sort of tie-in. And <clears throat> I also knew somebody in Spartan uh, that was sort of working at it. And we just sort of got chatting and it was a throwaway line in terms of, look, what about hydration? Coin your point. Oh, I what? Um, and it then started sort of developing to, well, actually, this is useful. Um, so last year was our first year doing it. Um, it was a bit slow, if I'm being honest, because, again, it's this education piece. So this year we're really attacking why is hydration needed. And obviously it's an honour to be chatting to you two gents and sort of sharing the story um, because the more people understand it, the better their experiences. And one of our values is enjoyment. And hydration is all about, if you're hydrated, your enjoyment, and not only physically, but also cognitively. And, um, you know, this year we were all ready to go and it's all like, oh, damn virus. Um, And we did the virtual thing and 
I was meant to be doing one of them in UK and well, I, okay, I had a crack at the, the virtual one. I didn't beat the winning time of eight minutes, 41 seconds, which I was all like, that's brilliant for 5k. We need to get you to Tokyo. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it was definitely some moving of the dice. So who was that footballer that recently did 5k in 14 oh, minutes or something? But it was found out that his 16-minute uh, 5K was a interval session with a hard mile as well. So I don't yeah. know if it was just flat 5K. Yeah, definitely. A bit like my brother's mile. Um, <laughs> so uh, it was... So, no, kicking that off. And now I'm, I'm sort of excited as we're getting more into it. And now we're doing more content and getting sort of more involved. The good thing is that people are starting to understand it. And whether it's UK, the US, wherever... The modus operandi of an OCR racer is worldwide. It's not just UK focused. So it's about sort of sharing that adventure. Think, where were, um, sorry, sorry, Luke. Well, I was going to say, where were you actually um, when you were based in the UK? Where were you? Um, well, I was all over. All I was, over. you know, I spent time in UK, Jordan, Kenya, Cyprus, Ireland. Oh, um, really all over? <laughs> yeah. So, And where so, do you call home now, James? Oh, there's no place like home, Dorothy. Uh, it would be Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, but oh, nice. if I if I say home, it would be. I mean, I lived slap bang in the middle of London for a while. But I was I'm Yorkshire born, Yorkshire bred, thin in arm, thick in head. So I'm a Yorkshireman by heart. Um, but yeah, I've lived in what 27 places. Oh, so yeah. it's currently in Scottsdale. It's well travelled. 41 degrees <laughs> centigrade. Although it was quite hot today in the UK, which was uh, which was quite nice. 21. 21 today. Yeah, it's going to get even hotter tomorrow. <laughs> That's what it is at night here. All it's right, all like, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> Stop the boasting. That's why you do your yeah. night runs at night time then, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. talking, talking about temperatures, um, with Spartan Race this year having their um, signature race, the Spartan Race World Championships is going to be in Abu Dhabi. Um, I think hydration is going to be one of those kind of major things that may make or break some people go into this race oh, let's um, not talk it, about hydration in championship races please thank you very much let's not let's uh, not go there i knew you were going to bring that up go on yeah. tell me more all right okay okay I, I i said this story the other day but basically on a very short story um I got caught out in Morzine and Alvarez at European Championships. Massively. Massively caught out. And the thing is, James, in a serious, serious note, um, I actually had a hydration vest on me, which was the stupidest thing. And it was just super hot. I think I think it topped out at like 38, which is quite hot for around here, like in Morzine, top of the mountain. Yeah. And I think the problem was it was my first championship race. I was so excited for it. I went out all guns blazing, got to about 12 miles, felt amazing. And then we had this section where we had to climb up a mountain and it literally was like a vertical kilometer up with a sandbag, a 60 pound sandbag. And I got about halfway up and my world just crumbled beneath my feet. It felt like a train hit me and it was Mommy. purely, yeah, literally. And, and it, I was exhausted and I was tired, but that doesn't bother me. The fact was I was actually just seriously dehydrated. And it, you didn't have your SOS on you, did you, I lad? I did not have my SOS on me. And I, I got to the point where it was quite funny because then I think, I don't know if I looked past me or it was near me, and I was literally asking everyone, whether, whether they're foreign or English or whatever, if they got any fluid because I was at the point of where the race might not have even finished. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until some French guy gave me something and I downed it and then I was like, Oh, what was that? I don't know what it was, but it was disgusting. Um, fortunately, that just got me off the mountain. And then there, as we came back down, I remember this like hydration um, station. And I just remember like Mirage. And I was like, oh, it's there. Oasis. And I just naturally <laughs> sat there, like throw it over my head, throw it down. And then I was fine. Was, the stupid thing is, as soon as I'd taken that hydration in, it was like something was like, okay, I'm good again now. And then finish the race off. But I yeah. think I must have lost about an hour and a half sat crying <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> but I've wiped that out of my memory. It was a lovely race. Thanks for the reminder then, Luke. That was very nice of you. Nothing yeah. like friends to share stories. <laughs> yeah, but ever, but I learned because ever since then, I've always made sure that my hydration has been spot on. Um, and But having said that, and, and this is where James goes, um, I am very much a water guy. and um, 
actually this is quite an interesting topic james like and uh, and there's a lot of people out there that probably are water guys even as top athletes if you like to call us that um in spartan i do generally think that like i'm i it's difficult to see between a gimmick not saying that srs is a gimmick but as a gimmick of just a sales plot and actual science um now i appreciate that there's obviously definitely science behind it um but like like i just find that even now if i come in from a long run like today i i always just crave just general water now i'm not saying that if i had some i actually have got sos in my in my container but if i had sos is that better for me or you know how much better is the product and why than just general water in that case yeah well first things first water is a lifeblood so i'm not going to bust your balls too hard in the fact that you drink water because we all need water so you know and i need to drink water by itself i mean it's key however um and then some people on the water side well i get my electrolytes from my food yeah correct you do um but there's a different there's a different metabolism and a different way it works and a very simple way is that if you think you've just got water that water is and your cells are made up of water and electrolytes and everything else to keep you all happy and hydrated if you just keep adding water on top of water that's diluting the electrolytes in your cells and that's leading to something called hyponatremia. Hyponatremia can lead to death and so on and so forth and colds and sweats and everything else. And that's part, probably part of the reason maybe you collapsed up the top of the hill because you didn't have any electrolytes because you'd sort of flushed everything out of your system. Um, now, something like an SOS, and UK doesn't really have any other powder. It's mainly tablets. Um, tablets have their own issue in the fact that, one, I can, almost, I can still run a mile faster than they dissolve. Uh, and then the second one is that if they're fizzing in your, you can, <laughs> <laughs> if they're fizzing in your um, bottle or your cup, what the hell are they doing in your gut? Yeah, you know. Um, so just sort of think of that. And then that lovely scum that you get on free on the top, um, so like you don't pay extra for that. That's also then going into your gut, and it's sort of adding to it. And that's the extra ingredients. Now, SOS is based off um, World Health Organization's oral rehydration solution guidelines. Simple diorolite, basically. But where diorolite tastes terrible and has still a fair load of sugar, um, we have, Blanca went to the American College of Sports Medicine. Um, she's, as I mentioned, a physician or doctor. Worked out what you lose when you sweat and then reduced the sugar, kept the balance of sugar to sodium. So why is sugar important when I'm just trashing energy drinks as a hydration choice, per se? Um, Energy and hydration are two separate um, entities. Energy is for giving you the boost, giving the carbs. That's your fuel, your rocket fuel. Um, Hydration, if you have one molecule of sugar with one molecule of sodium, that transports water and electrolytes as fast as an intravenous drip into your cells. And the beauty about something like an SOS is we've got that one-on-one molecular balance. The sugar acts as a a key basically through your through your sort of cells cell wall of your duodenum and your first portion of the small bowel and then it drags the salt and the salt drags the water with it it gets into your system it hydrates the cells correctly and you're all happily and bubbly if you only have water there's no electrolyte so it's not going in where it needs to go in if you've got a high concentration sugar drink with some electrolytes then there's water and sodium always follow sugar so if there's too much sugar in your bowel, the, sh- the electrolytes and water is being dragged out of your cells. So therefore you get reverse osmosis. That's may- you need a- the loo more. You can end up getting dehydrated by taking the sports drinks and lots of gels. And you get basically the other side. If on the flip side, you've got salt tablets and many people take their salt tablets, not only but one, if you've got a tablet, it's got to dissolve. So your poor body, not only is it trying to work out and do an OCR race, but your stomach's basically going, how do I get rid of that meltable plastic? Or not plastic, but the plant-based um, cover. And then once it's got that, the salt then needs to find some sugar before it can get absorbed into your cells because it needs that sort of sugar. So SOS, we've um, if you when you go onto the website, you can look. There's a science page, and we've done third-party independent research that basically the next day you're back up to a hydrated level. So we always wanted, and I think it's helpful having somebody from a medical background that's focused on guts, you know, um, as a sort of a day job, that we wanted something that really works, that isn't backed in BS, that's backed in sort of truth. And um, water, yeah, 
we can all go and crash a water, but every now and again, just go and take an SOS, take it cold. Don't take it with your coffee. Don't take it with your gels. Um, or even if you don't want to try SOS, you know, I don't want to be a sort of preach, preach SOS all the day. I would preach that electrolytes are a key part of your sort of diet as a racer. Um, and therefore it's worth just looking into it and sort of adding them. So obviously you're talking not just, not just, uh, racing, but also like a, a generally training as well. Yeah, totally. It's actually more important. I would say if you got to that start line, um, set, hydrated, you probably in an hour's race, you don't need any hydration on route per se, but if you've, so, and the nice thing about SOS, because it's not fizzy, because it's a sort of, it's in powder form, I can crash, let's use the triathlons scenario, in between aid stations, I can crash a bottle of 500 mils of SOS and not get a stitch. And that's the same with just before the swim and everything else. It's designed to be light on the guts, designed to just sort of go in and absorb. So if you can, before while you're training, before you go out and train, take some electrolytes. Before When you get back, before you say going to race, the night before you go and race, go and take a couple of sticks of electrolytes. So you at least go to bed hydrated, maybe wait an hour before you go to bed after you take it so that if you need the loo. But then in the morning, you're up and at it. And then when just before you start your race, rather than taking water, which your, your body's already going because you're sort of excited, like you were saying, you're like a happy puppy, like your dog next to you. So like, let's go. Um, if you take the hydration, the hydration is, and you're going to be pissing, excuse my French, um, you're going to be needing to go to the loo several times. Well, if you've got the hydration in you, you know that your cells are going to be full of water rather than just passing the water straight through your system. Hmm. Yeah, man. Definitely. And there's a lot of science there for the listeners. Yeah, I know. Sorry, that was a little bit needing, wasn't it? So like, let's just dive in. But, but I think that's what we need, to be fair. I think that I think that's what sends the fact home. Do you know what I mean? That actually it's not a sales pitch. It generally is science that, you know, we are doing these races and here's a general thing. I mean, I actually I can contest, I actually I actually completely forget about it when I'm training. Like I only think of like <coughs> nutrition as a racing thing. I f- I forget that actually um you know it's just as important uh, every other day when i'm training as hard anyway you know um but it's probably more important than a race yeah train hard race easy yeah no for sure for sure which leads me to my next big question this is the biggest one what flavor were you going to choose like if you had to say to anyone like go and buy which flavor uh it, which flavor watermelon is our most popular flavor by far um but <laughs> My favorite is in sort of slushy, the coconut. I like coconut water. If you don't like coconut water, it's like Marmite. Forget the coconut water because it's sort of like, if you don't like coconut anyway, just give up on it because you'll go, eh, it tastes like um, But coconut's my favorite. Um, berry, I really like when I'm running um, because it's slightly saltier and it's, um, and people, when they try an SOS, it's less salty than a diorite by a long, long way. But if you try it with your mocha frappuccino in the morning, it's going to taste salty. <laughs> but if you taste it after you've worked out and cold, your body craves that sodium taste. And what we all hate is with the gels, especially after, you know, a beast one or, uh, you know, a long, long course triathlon, you've got this fat mouth from all that sugar. And the beautiful thing about an SOS is because it's salty, um, then you can just drink it and it just disappears and it's sort of easy to go. So, um, Luke, you were saying you're a berry man, are you? Yeah, berry is my go-to one, definitely. I've actually nearly ran through the whole tub oh. recently. Since um, since we've been on lockdown, I've been working out, in, doing a lot of my workouts in my living room, which is fairly small, and it gets very warm. Um, and I found I've been... Thrown over your head? Well, yeah, almost. <laughs> I've been having almost like half a pint of uh, just water, obviously, a couple of scoops of SOS. Um, and it's been, yeah, just getting me through my workouts while it's getting very warm. I've got a smallish living room. So when you get the weights out, the pull-up bar, uh, getting quite hot. I think a lot of people obviously are now working out indoors, um, not having that outdoor where you can kind of sweat and it feels a bit cooler. You get a bit of a breeze as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've definitely found I've been taking a lot more hydration while I've been at home as well. It's been a lot easier to obviously access and get to during my like. 
harder sessions when I'm doing weights and stuff at home and then obviously on the runs. But um, yeah, yeah berry's I'm, my go-to flavour. I'm definitely going to have to try the coconut. I'm a big coconut nut nut. So yeah, definitely love coconut, coconut nut nut. I'm a coconut <laughs> nut nut, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to try that bad boy, that's for sure. I have to um, say, Luke always brings um, anywhere he goes, he's always got the, the SOS. And we, I tend to go, oh, I forgot on mine. Can I borrow some, please? And we uh, we normally sit there the night before a race. I always share my nutrition with you. you. Do, Every you do, race always. we go to, like, <laughs> you I'm like, oh. Yeah, what were you drinking? Uh, I'm terrible for it because I, te- I generally don't take anything until it's like the thing to take. And I'm like, yeah, give me some. Um, so here's my challenge to you is I know you're going to challenge me later then. Um, I think you should do a week of workouts on SOS and um, tell me how... The, the changes happily because honestly i'd be a good test because i don't take anything um yeah. i i do and i'm sorry i'm going to name drop uh i do take uh tailwind on my yeah. long runs at the weekend yeah. um but past that but to I, be honest lots of people use tailwind and sos or something like that because tailwind's got that carb you know it's 75 grams of carbs or something it's got yeah it's in this super, packet. super starch isn't it super starch carb so it hasn't got that yep. gut. again the gut thing is a thing for me and i learned that in a horrible way and a 70.3 funny enough in ely yeah, most um, on that. <laughs> oh my goodness i've never felt cramps and pain like it in my stomach on that 30 mile run it was just horrendous and ever since then i realized that so much sugar on a bike is not a clever idea um lots of dates and like that's like you said earlier every 20 minutes i set my watch to every 20 minutes and i just kept eating and eating eating felt brilliant on the bike had an amazing bike got off just could not run i was double over i was needing the toilet it was terrible um so yeah another lesson learned there for food but um yeah no definitely i I like the idea of the coconut and a week's training so I'll, i'll give that a go so would you suggest taking uh, so for instance, could you do that? Could you take a tailwind and, or, or another product and OSOS or what would you Not together. Not together. So no, the not- way we work, we do it as a, like a power of three. So, uh, especially in say the, the longer course runs for a sprint, say OCR race, hydrate the beginning, hydrate with a beer at the end and then take some SOS after the beer, um, or whatever your poison is, uh, because you don't really need it in, provided you go in hydrated. For the longer half marathon stuff, we use a power of three. So it's basically water. So in sort of like a 15-minute rotation, water, SOS, energy, water, SOS, energy, and all the way sort of round. Now, you can take your energy with your water, but you can't take energy and SOS because, again, that's throwing off the sugar balance. So how, however it works, um, and you don't want to add too much water to your SOS, mix that correctly. Um, so we basically say, you know, with your energy, take your water um, and with your SOS, take it. And therefore, if you've got 15 minutes separating each one, you've got a really nice rotation where the energy's doing its bit, the hydration's doing its bit, and then obviously the water's being added to it and it's all, everybody's happy. Nice. And with the stick packs, is that literally a case of rip the top off, put it into your mouth and then... Literally, because then at Spartan, I know they only um, they only give out like the small white cups, and they're normally only half full. I normally just grab two, one for my head and yeah. one for the mouth. But uh, how how much water would you say with just the it's, stick packs? Um, <clears throat> two cups. Uh, it's oh, basically okay. two fifty mils. Um, but to, is two fifty mils is sort of one for one stick, two fifty mils. I mean, to so, be fair, that would be in a longer race anyway, and you've got more time to actually take it down anyway. So that's not such yeah. an issue, I suppose. Yeah. And also, you know, it, I would say you need water with electrolytes. You know, mm. electrolytes by themselves are useless because water is your life source, and that's the bit that needs to be transported into your cells. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, if you've got a bottle, great. But if you've only got this sort of – 250 mil or let's call it the dentist cups that they tend to give out um then take yeah, a couple of them and then right, crash them right. yeah swizzle and spit james you mentioned that you took part in the virtual spartan race uh, just recently yeah um, when are you going to come and do a, a real one and if well, you do what race will you do what venue it comes to the uk or are you going to do an american one I need to come to UK as we're sponsoring that one. It'd be silly to turn up to the, I'll probably end up doing a US one um, just to piss off the other drink sponsor. Um, but as we're sponsoring the UK version, then 
there was two the Twickenham one sounds a bit of fun because it's sort of Ooh, different now but talking. I think that's also difficult um, and I quite like maybe to do I'm just open to do anyone where it's sort of a bit leafy and grassy but I've you know what shoes do you wear? What do you do? What training tips do you give me? So there's all sorts of things I need to ask you after that. But um, the key goal is whatever's the easiest one. I mean, I'm home probably once every, as in home as in UK, once every six weeks or so, COVID dependent. Um, so once things start kicking off, then it's a case of every six I'll find weeks. One to do. Yeah. Christ, your air miles must be huge. They were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, James. We'll get, you, we'll get you ready on the start line. We'll. we'll... Done devise a race for you to turn up to we'll i tell you what we'll take on your deal so i'll take on the uh the coconut <clears throat> hydration for a week if not longer and only if you allow me and luke to take you round one of the spartan courses done yeah easy and you but let's fail. make it the sprint one let's make it the sprint one. Oh no no we're going one. ultra beast <laughs> <laughs> right as long we'll as do you don't for the as long as you don't make me and Luke look silly on the on the, on the flats, because <laughs> there's no way I'm dropping a four minute mile race. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're quite safe there because even if I did drop you on the flats, by the time I'd finished my second round of the burpees or something, you'd have crushed all fifty <laughs> of them. And so I be <laughs> on to the next one. He'll be waiting for us on Twister when he comes off. So <laughs> oh, thanks, <yeah>. mate. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. All right. That's true. So. Out of no. interest, do you do you, what sort of training do you do, James? Are you are you do you tend to stick to the road still, like do what you best know, or do you go to the trails there? Do you really go out in the mountains? What does your weekly training look like from a running point of view? Um, running, I tend to stick to the roads. The trails here are they're not too. I mean, that's awesome because you've got some mountains around. It's just with two young kids and working like a pillock. Um, I've sort of got an hour tops, so. You know, my youngest is eight months and my eldest is three years. So I haven't got that sort of, no. I'd love to go to the trails, but that would take me an hour and half an hour there and half an hour back. And so I'm like, yeah, I got there. <laughs> um, so it's basically what can I shove into an hour's worth of training? Um, so that basically means it's road, a little bit of trails, a lot of biking. Um, and then I've got the swim thing set up here in the swimming pool. That doesn't, you know, the beauty about being over here is house prices are free and everyone gets a swimming pool. So, you know, you just, I've got one of those little cables. So, yeah. So you're a brilliant swimmer then? I'm all right. I used to swim um, before I was, uh, my mum and dad made me and my brother swim before we ran. Yeah. That's where I started swimming was my background. But But, a water polo in general, but. um, Ah, so you've, have you got any teeth left then? Uh, I've got hardly a jaw um i have got teeth but i've got three fake ones um wow. yeah i was the pit player so yeah all yeah. this goes on and yeah. stuff so yeah I'm, i've been there done that have got the t-shirt somewhere um <laughs> and left that behind although i do miss water polo i miss the training i miss the training aspect of water polo actually um saying is he was double the size when he was playing water polo. I, I was double the size of playing water polo definitely um, just an inverted triangle i was an inverted triangle <laughs> just the wrong way yeah yeah and I could still yeah. swim, which is great because I could just float. But um, <laughs> that's not swimming. <laughs> floating. I could still swim. Big guys can swim. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I like it. Thanks a lot for coming on, James. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and uh, find out a lot more about SOS and why we really should be hydrating for our training and racing. Um, Thank we you. can't wait to get you over to the UK and get you out on uh, one of the Spartan courses. Just be gentle, all right? You know, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Um, you know, you can you can only ever say, you know, you just have to do it. Um, and we've got a, a discount for anyone that wants to use SOS. It's OCR Luke SOS, and that gives you 20% off from SOS Hydration. So O-C-R-L-U-K-E-S-O-S. Um, that's a 20% off for all your listeners. Sorry, Jack, I didn't do one for you. I was going to say, where's my bloody code? But well, because you haven't used a coconut yet, that, and then we'll fine. give you a Coca-licious. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, but it's interesting because um, most of the listeners will have done Spartan races and definitely seen SOS the sign um, and maybe even got one of those little bottles kicking around their, uh, around their houses somewhere. So now they, now they can relate a little bit more with meeting you, James, on the podcast. So that's good. Um, awesome. Thank and you. I'm, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure people should jump on and go and head over and buy that because yeah. it's Check a good it stuff. And 
Yeah, definitely. And as we've hopefully proved today on today's podcast that um, it is essential and it is needed. It isn't a gimmick. And James is not just selling USOS just because he wants to. Um, <laughs> he actually thinks it's a good product, which is. So head over Bring and buy. Thank you very much, Gentlemen. James. Appreciate that. Thank you. As they say in America, have a nice day. Have a nice day. <laughs> Excellent, guys. So there was episode 101. We're kicking off the next 100 episodes uh, with a really good one. I think James gave us some great information in that one. And um, like we said before, we, we really enjoyed it. So that was great. Um, so while you're listening, there's other places that you can find us on. Um, you can find us over on the YouTube. Um, we're putting up a bit more video content as well now. We've got a lot of top fives. Um, the top five race mistakes was uh, actually one of my favorite ones that we put up recently. Um, also, episode 100, the video to that whole episode is up there and it is gold, absolute gold on there. Um, you can find out a lot of things uh, about different uh, different people on that episode, so that was great. Um, but yeah, so check us out on uh, YouTube, see some of our videos and there'll be plenty more coming. And if you want to support the podcast financially, which just helps us to get a, to produce all this and bring on fun content and better guests and um, have the quality be- much better, then obviously we're on Patreon as well. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash OCR audio, you'll find we have two tiers, a short course and a long course um, that you can help support us financially. Anything helps and we do really, really appreciate it. Um, if you are a member, we do have separate groups for our members, uh, especially the long course. We offer them a little bit more as well, more content and going forward, hopefully um, better deals on races and race gear and stuff like that. So uh, we try and repay the favor. So yeah, I'm glad we enjoyed this podcast. I certainly did. So I hope you did too. It's just a shame James is a Man United fan, to be fair. That's the only thing, hey. I, could find. It's the only thing I could find wrong with him. That's a top team. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) um, thank you very much. And we'll see you for 102.